Hey guys, today we're going to be discussing one of the most iconic action sci-fi movies of the 1980s. That's right. This movie really put a young, little-known director named James Cameron on the map in a big way. This film also starred a little guy you might have heard of, Mr. Universe winner Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right, folks. Get ready for the breakdown of 1984's The Terminator. fellow watchers thank you for joining us we're your hosts jeremy and josh and this is looking to be a pretty good discussion about the original terminator movie yes sir but before we dive into that i just want to let everyone know that here at the watch we review movies that are at least 10 years old and see what kind of impact they made or are still making on culture and the film industry we rate those movies in four categories number one the level of impact and success it had when it was released number two how relevant it is today number three our own personal enjoyment of this movie and number four is it a midnight watch but enough of that what are some quick facts you can give everyone jeremy all right let's get right into it this is directed by james cameron the let's see screenplay was also by him uh the budget was six million six point four million and the box office was 38.5 million so this uh this made some bank that was just in the usa and canada so worldwide it was 78.48 million that's some change right there. Pretty awesome. We got the soundtrack yeah. by Brad Fidel. I can't remember what's, um, I should have written this down, but he did a different time change uh, with this than 4x4 four four or even 5.8s when he did the music. So that's why when you're listening to it, it's like a little bit more intense because he was playing around with that. So that was pretty legit. This is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bean, Earl Boone, Lance Henriksen, and believe it or not, Bill Paxton is in this movie. Did you, did you see him? Now I can't. Now I can't remember. What he was, was he was the punk with like the spiky hair. Oh yeah, dude. I didn't realize that was him, but I can totally see that now. Right, and then the guy next <laughs> like to him. Young. Yeah, the guy next to him was the the Terminator or the the shapeshifter from the X Files series, and he was actually the main villain in the second Mortal Kombat movie. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty legit. That's, but that's cool. Yeah. So this movie is is pretty awesome um i'm not a huge fan of the terminator series so coming to this i wanted to review this movie because it's the first one and uh it's just i figure like let's let's start where the classic one is because there's been so many i feel bad for fans of the terminator series because unlike horror movie series where like the sequels keep getting worse and worse and the fans don't care or they're like whatever you know right the fans are really hoping that the sequels are going to be awesome after t2 came out and like they haven't they've been horrible (laughs) and like progressively worse though i i not seen the most recent one have you you haven't seen that one either right no i haven't seen that or dark or uh genesis so okay yeah i that i i literally haven't seen him because i'm not a big fan of the terminator series right but um no i just feel I, i feel bad though it's just like every time like terminator salvation genesis and dark uh was that dark fury no that's another one. Man, I'm terrible with the names today. <laughs> anyway, so it, it doesn't matter. No one liked it. <laughs> no, nobody well, liked that sure. movie. No. <laughs> it was, was not a hit, that's for sure. What was the name of that movie? That's right. It didn't happen. Uh, but all of those <laughs> movies. Right. All of those movies were supposed to be the beginning of a new uh, trilogy. And actually, 
I w- the only the only Terminator movie that I actually saw in theaters was Terminator Salvation with my friend uh, Brandon, who was huge Terminator fan. So he was like super psyched, and I actually really enjoyed that in theaters. I thought it was a great experience. And then I watched it a few years later, and I was like, you know, this movie is actually not that good, <laughs> right? But anyways, going back to this movie. Uh, this movie is a big passion project by James Cameron. Like he was filming uh, Piranha 2 at the time and he had a nightmare about this uh, cybernetic organism type of thing, like dragging itself through the kitchen with like kitchen knives. And he just had this nightmare about that. And then he was super inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween. So he started writing this movie and actually he wrote it as a horror movie. And he was surprised when people were like, that was a great action movie. Since uh, if you watch it, like the actual feel of it's different than most of the other Terminator movies. Well, that's, I've noticed that too. I mean, probably getting ahead of myself a little bit, but especially by the end of the movie, I was really picking up a strong horror vibe from it. And yeah, come to find out that wasn't far off from what it was kind of intended to be because it it definitely has more of a horror vibe than, um, you know, any of the other ones. Right. Instead of uh, Michael Myers, you have this unstoppable other guy that literally can't be killed pretty much that right. just keeps going after. So uh, that's it's pretty awesome. I got, we got a lot to talk about this movie. This is going to be awesome. So uh, let's jump into that synopsis. Yes, sir. So in 1984, Los Angeles, a cyborg assassin known as a Terminator arrives from 2029. Kyle Reese, a human soldier sent back in time from the same year, arrives shortly afterwards. The Terminator begins systematically killing women named Sarah Connor, whose addresses it finds in the telephone directory. It tracks the last Sarah Connor to a nightclub, but Kyle rescues her. The pair steal a car and escape with the Terminator pursuing them in a police car. As they hide in a parking lot, Kyle explains to Sarah that an artificial intelligence defense network known as Skynet and created by Cyberdyne Systems will become self-aware in the near future and initiate a nuclear holocaust. Sarah's future son, John, will rally the survivors and lead a resistance movement against Skynet and its army of machines. With the resistance on the verge of victory, Skynet sent a Terminator back in time to kill Sarah before John is born to prevent the formation of the resistance. The Terminator, a Cyberdyne Systems Model 101, or 101, is an efficient killing machine with a powerful metal endoskeleton and an external layer of living tissue that makes it appear human. Kyle and Sarah are apprehended by police after another encounter with the Terminator. The Terminator attacks the police station, killing police officers in its attempt to locate Sarah. Kyle and Sarah escape, steal another car, and take refuge in a motel where they assemble pipe bombs and plan their next move. Kyle admits that he has been in love with Sarah since John gave him a photograph of her and that he traveled through time to save her. Reciprocating his feelings, Sarah kisses Kyle and they commence to get busy. Baby making time. The Terminator kills Sarah's mother. I added that part. I was wondering. I was like, that doesn't sound like Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) The Terminator kills Sarah's mother and impersonates her when Sarah, unaware of the Terminator's ability to mimic voices, attempts to contact her via telephone. When they realize the Terminator has located them, they escape in a pickup truck while it chases them on a motorcycle. In the ensuing chase, Kyle is wounded by gunfire while throwing pipe bombs at the Terminator. Enraged, Sarah knocks the Terminator off his motorcycle, but loses control of the truck, which flips over. The Terminator, now bloodied and badly damaged, hijacks a tank truck and attempts to run down Sarah, 
but Kyle slides a pipe bomb into the tanker's hose tube, causing an explosion that burns the flesh from the Terminator's endoskeleton. It pursues them into a factory, where Kyle activates machinery to confuse the Terminator. He jams a final pipe bomb into the Terminator's abdomen, blowing it apart, injuring Sarah and killing himself. The Terminator's torso reactivates and grabs Sarah. She breaks free and lures it into a hydraulic press and then crushes it. Months later, a pregnant Sarah is traveling through Mexico, recording audio tapes to pass on to her unborn son, John. At a gas station, a boy takes an instant photograph, or a Polaroid, of her, and she buys it. The same photograph that John will give to Kyle in the future. And there you have it from Wikipedia, the synopsis of Terminator, with a few uh, colorful bits added by myself. I, sh- um, I should not try to be funny on purpose. That's, that's just not good. It always works. What are you talking about? Um, so the thing that was pretty funny with this too, though, was, um, where was I going with this? I don't know, but it was going to be funny. That was going to be funny. Yeah. I shouldn't try to be funny either. <laughs> um, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, so I recently, I watched the Terminator series backwards sort of uh not the whole series i I watched uh, rise of the machines and then a few days later i watched t2 and then uh watched this movie again which i've seen these three movies years ago Mm -hmm. and they get progressively better if you watch them that way it's pretty good (laughs) so uh i definitely think this has the 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 terminator series has what you called the the cameron effect and that's basically when james cameron is not directing they're not good and sure okay uh, i just made that up nobody nobody calls it the cameron effect but <laughs> it sounded believable to me but uh, i think because it's i think because it's true <laughs> well the thing that's interesting though is like so james cameron he like this is a big passion project for him so he actually there's some different stories about this but when he was doing uh filming uh, piranha 2 which have you seen that one i never did i saw the first me one and then i saw the remake but yeah, I never saw the second one. I actually didn't know there was a second movie, like original movie. Yeah, me neither. But since that's his first movie, I kind of want to watch it. Right. Which, which usually the second movie of any, especially horror movie, they're usually pretty bad. So I never would have paid attention except that he directed it. So no, Exactly. Um, but the thing that's funny, though, is like there's some controversy about how much of that movie he actually filmed or if he was fired like halfway through it and he just got the writing credit. Same kind of same like we were talking about earlier with the uh, movie with Tom, uh, Tom, with Don Coscarelli with Silver Bullet, where he like directed half of the movie, but he didn't get the the credit for it. This is kind of the opposite, where James Cameron directed half the movie and did get the credit for it. But anyways, so while Piranha Two was he was dealing with that stuff, he was really getting the Terminator script together and it's funny because terminator 2 is more the movie he actually wanted to make but they didn't have the special effects at the time and they were gonna have two terminators come back with a liquid metal one but they they couldn't do it so he had to settle for this and it's it's, it worked out really good so he basically sold the rights to the terminator franchise before the first movie came out to his producer in order for exchange for him to direct the movie and so he wanted creative control over this and he didn't get the rights back to the terminator series until literally last year so that could be why he wasn't super involved with the terminator series after that because he once he got to do terminator 2 for him that was the end of the series because like they defeat skynet crisis averted and then terminator 3 oh wait we got to keep the show going so 
You know, right. we got to create new drama, which was handled horribly. And so anyways, yeah, it was it, the thing I also really like too is that I, I like watching directors first movies or the directorial debut where they have creative control, like, you know, bottle rocket or El Mariachi or duel or right. like following all those movies, because you really get to see directors doing they they just they're they're working as hard as they can to get this film out there, and so right. then like when that becomes a hit, then they get to do the next film, and normally that one's like amazing because they actually have money, so they can do what they want to do. Right. But that being said, I do love as same as you. Like we'll take El Mariachi for example, which I totally thought about that movie while I was watching this, mm-hmm. uh, just to review it. And so El Mariachi. Um, Robert Rodriguez had like no money to make that movie. So he had to like create even how he was going to make some of those shots. Like I know like whenever he had um, like a rolling camera shot, it was, you know, him sitting in some old wheelchair and his buddy pushing him along a piece of plywood to get that smooth, you know, shot. And it's like little things like that, that he had to really dig deep and be creative. And I love seeing that in first time directors because usually they, you know, they have to dig super deep and, you know, they don't have the money. Oh, yeah. How how creative can we be? And um, I kind of got that vibe, kind of like to what El Mariachi was to Desperado, which was the follow up movie. Right. In in that series. And that movie's, you know, full on Hollywood, you know, big budget. Oh, yeah. But you you could totally see where it was going before he had the money to make the movie he really wanted to make. And Terminator kind of feels like that compared to T2. Uh, except that some of the practical effects that he did were just super awesome. Oh yeah. Regardless. I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I, I actually, so I went into this movie cause the first time I saw this, oh yeah, we should talk about the first time we saw this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. So Jeremy, what was the first time you saw this movie? All right. Well, let me tell you, Josh, first time I saw this movie, uh, <laughs> it's probably about 15 years ago and I thought it was crap. <laughs> and then I watched uh, T T2 cause people wouldn't shut up about Terminator 2 being the best movie, the best action movie ever made. And sure. so I watched that and I liked it. I thought it was good. And then I moved on with my life and kind of forgot about it. And so, uh, yeah, watched this movie uh, recently again. And we'll talk about that in a second. How about yourself? When's the first time you saw this? So this it when T2 came out, um, I think I was, I don't know, in junior high or something. And this, the movie was huge. I mean, just the biggest thing. The video games were huge, you know, on Nintendo and Sega Genesis and um, so I remember those vividly, um, just the quotes from the movies, well, especially T2. Right. Um, but everybody was still quoting, you know, I'll be back, which was, you know, the big line from the first movie, but I think he still used it in every single one. Right. Um, uh, it's one of the most recognizable quotes in, you know, movie history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so anyways, I f- it's like, I feel like I had seen the movie cause all my friends had seen it, but I obviously wasn't allowed to watch R rated movies. Um, right. You know, when, when we were younger and so I didn't see it until, yeah, same, probably, I don't know, actually I might've been in the last 15 years or so. I probably saw it for the first time. I've seen it several times, but, um, yeah, it, it was funny cause I remember seeing the second one first actually, cause that's the one I was most excited about cause I was, you know, the big deal. Right. And yeah. Super cool action movie. And then going and watching this one, I was just, you know, seeing how, you know, the Terminator becomes who he is or, or us seeing what he is um i really enjoyed it now watching it again i almost didn't enjoy it quite as much because i think nostalgic wise just kind of thinking back to when i was a kid that the t2 
I don't know, kind of holds a bigger place in my heart just because of, you know, how much that impacted me and just my friends and, you know, conversation or playing, playing Terminator in the backyard or something like that. Right. Or like, was that Super Nintendo game Terminator versus RoboCop? Oh yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) forgot about that. That was a great one. Yeah, that was, it's a lot of fun. I still have that actually on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I, I will nice. free. Yeah, me watch this movie when it, this movie came out in '91. So um, I was four. I did not see this movie when it came out. Or I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> T2, not Terminator One. Terminator, well, yeah. Terminator One. I was uh, I was a twinkle in the the Lord's eye. So I right. Had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was four years old. So yeah, I I also had not seen that one. Right. I didn't, I didn't re- actually realize until later how old the first movie was. Yeah. And then, so while watching this movie again, and since I've watched it the first time or first couple of times, I've seen a lot more action movies from the early eighties. And I'm, I love John Carpenter now. Like I, oh, I'm yeah. just a huge John Carpenter fan and I feel like I like his movies a little bit better than this one, even though it was kind of the other way around. Oh, um, back, back in the day when I was, yeah. When I was a little bit younger. Um, I, that makes sense to me. I feel like, John Carpenter's got more of a specific flavor versus James Cameron. Cameron normally does way bigger budget movies that are kind of more broad, like more more audience will actually enjoy it. Like more different. Sure. I can't can't speak it the English today, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I could see that. But I I will say though, watching this movie this time, I want I wanted to go back and watch this one and review this one because. I feel like when you hear the Terminator, people are like, what, what's the best Terminator movie? Well, T2. Everybody says right. T2. And, but then I looked it up and a lot of, there's some, some people talking about it. Like actually still the first movie is the best Terminator movie out of them all. Right. I was reading some of that too as the most, I don't know. I don't know. That, that story has to really develop in the first one versus the second movie. It's just a thrill ride, just action nonstop. Right all the way through which is great i mean that's kind of what you want in an action movie but this one's got a real story yeah and it's a lot heavier i think on the sci-fi and then like i was saying the horror element so there's there's really a lot more going on in this movie and then plus those special effects um there's not a lot of them but when they show up they're they're actually really really cool and if you're a fan of practical special effects you can't help but oh yeah get excited about it when you watch it well james cameron i definitely it's fun watching his career as he has grown and because i mean like after this movie he went to he did aliens which is just like alien on steroids pretty much like the and it's so much fun bill paxton so many good lines oh man game over man (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah and then he went on to do uh the, the abyss and then he did terminator 2 finally yeah you're right though it was like eight years later he did the sequel um so I actually really enjoyed watching this movie because it was so 80s. I did not remember how 80s it is. Like when they're going, they're going to that that banging nightclub, techno, right. <laughs> listening to those those hot yeah. tracks, you know. And Which that that name of that nightclub totally describes the movie, kind of. Well, I know it's funny. Yeah, I I read that basically that is the name uh, now of the genre that him and. Ridley Scott created with Blade Runner in this movie is Tech Noir. It's this yeah. noir, noir film set in the future or whatever. And yeah, so I was just like, oh man, that's so awesome. Yeah, very. Yeah. No, I gotta say, freaking John Carpenter kind of wrecked this movie for me because I feel like <laughs> when you look at, like when we rewatching um, Escape from New York 
uh, when we did that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. That one, I don't know, I just enjoyed that one so much more. And I don't, I don't know what what it is. Again, it's probably just Sean Carpenter's flair. But the other thing, I got to tie this in real quick. One mm-hmm. thing I noticed, um, I feel like this movie has a really bland soundtrack. And I don't feel like there's but. necessarily any reason for it to not have it. But there's not a lot of melody going on. No, it's there's just a not. a lot of just like pulsing. And I get it. I kind of understand why. But it's just um, there's not a lot of color happening yeah. until, you know, they get, you know, the, the motel scene. They get busy. Towards, and, and they get busy. And then all of a sudden it's this beautiful piano music. Which, which is like the full theme. Make, right. But it kind of makes sense because they're, they're creating the savior, basically. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's this beautiful thing happening. I know it's a little. It just <laughs> reminds, <laughs> totally reminds me of the Adam Sandler movie Click when they go to the making of, and they're like, they, and he's like, they're making you. And he's like, oh, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, no, I actually. But, but cheesily, I think that's kind of what happened though, because as you listen to the whole, there's hardly any. Um, like I said, color with the, with the synth track going on versus you listen to John Carpenter or even when we did. Um, oh, hey there, Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia just jumped into my lap right now. She's. Aww. I guess she wants to jump. This is my dog, by the way. Um, I I guess she wants to. No, she's not saying it. She wants me to feed her. So I'll feed oh, you in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but even um, when we did Phantasm, just, you know, there's a lot more going on with the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And uh, it just really hit me after having seen those other movies, just how bland that part of this movie is. Though, not to take away from the movie, it's just something that really stood out to me and uh, just kind of made me appreciate the soundtracks on some of those other ones. Right, which is... A little more. Which is funny because, uh, like I said, I wasn't alive in 1984. Obviously, this movie was a hit, a big hit. But yeah. I feel like Terminator 2, so like the theme song, like you're talking about during the motel scene when it's the really nice uh, romantic song that's playing, that's like the main theme though, you're right, for John Carpenter, John Carpenter, John Connor that's in T2. Like you hear that more than you hear the whole like, bum, 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 bum. And in right. this movie, you don't hear that as much. So I, I that actually stood out to me because in Terminator 2, that's like literally you see the credits and you hear that nice theme song uh going it's kind of so i agree i was kind of surprised that it's it definitely yeah, was it just, just like normal it didn't 80s. have a lot of those other 80s movies there is a theme song that kind of you know they're i don't know just seem like a very 80s thing to have this kind of catchy tune as part of you know oh movie yeah that keeps popping up during the, it, all, all a lot of movies and this one just didn't have it which i had not noticed before yeah no i definitely agree and it's interesting too because let's let's get into the making of this real quick because yeah. um, just to go through some stuff that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger actually like they had to really talk to him to get the role because he thought it was going to be like a crap movie and sure. well didn't he they just wanna, came, didn't they want him to be Kyle Reese originally uh, let's see I got some notes uh, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah oh, it says Arnold was originally trying to be the hero, but then Cameron liked him so much that he uh, wanted, he asked him to be the villain instead. So yeah, right. which to be honest, uh, that was a great call. I mean, obviously because Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator, but I really like Michael Bean in this movie. I think yeah. that he was really, really good. And I, I like him a lot anyways. He's always a treat seeing him in a movie, but 
I think he did a really good job of being like almost like frantic at the beginning of the movie, and then sure. he kind of softens up the longer he's around Sarah. So when, uh, when he proclaims his love for her, like I bought it. I was totally like that makes sense. And then the way right. that he kind of closes up immediately after that, and she can see it's not Stockholm syndrome. Like if if he had said that to her right when he got in the car, and he's like don't do exactly what I say and you know, right. blah, blah, blah. And he's yelling at her and she's like freaking out. Cause like that doesn't anyways. So the, the movie makes sense to like their relationship grows as they're going on. And she starts to believe him instead of him just being some crazy guy that saved right. her some from some random shooter. But anyways, yeah. So, um, Arnold though, he was fresh off of, uh, Conan the barbarian. And, uh, so they got him to sign up for this movie and he was he was training for it and then they they were going to film it and then he had he had to go film Conan the Destroyer before he did this movie so mm. during that time instead of James Cameron James Cameron getting another gig he actually went and worked on the screenplay again and fleshed it out more and i have to say i think the screenplay in this movie is very strong like there's several times where i was like what about this plot hole and then like literally the next scene they like they fix that plot hole or they they right. do that and i i thought that was really cool and I, uh, it was funny too. There was a one guy who actually asked Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's like, what's the next movie you're, you're in? And he's like quoted as like some crap movie. And <laughs> which is funny because then now he like, uh, especially after this movie, this movie like blew him up. Cause like he was popular for oh, Conan. Yeah. Uh, Conan was a big hit, but then like this movie was like, Oh, that's why there's such big hype about Terminator two when it, you know, he's coming back right. to be the Terminator. But right. I actually think, though, Arnold does a much better job in Terminator 2. Number one, he has a lot more to do in that movie. He's a lot more human, and it makes him really enjoyable. Right. And I think he's a better actor by that time. It's like almost 10 years later, so he's a pretty good actor. Oh, for sure. And that's actually something I noticed, too. I feel like it was, at least initially, there's a lot of, like, melodrama happening in this movie. And I don't know if that's just because he was a young director or if it just kind of went with I don't know how movies were kind of in the 80s. But it just seems a little overacted. Oh, uh, yeah. At least initially. And then I don't know if I just got used to it or if it got better as the movie went on. I think you got used to it because it's Michael Bean is kind of freaking out like the whole movie. <laughs> and especially Lance Henriksen when he's all like. When the Terminator's like tearing apart the police station, then he's like, hang on. And he jumps out, the, goes oh, yeah. around the corner and he's like, hey, you. <laughs> he gets yeah. like blown away. <laughs> Which, by the way, Lance Henriksen was good friends with James Cameron. And so when James Cameron went to go meet with the producers to pitch the movie, he had Lance Henriksen show up in the uh, Terminator outfit, like a leather jacket. And he went in there and like kicked the door in and sat down, pushed <laughs> stuff around. And then he just stared at the producers for like five minutes until James Cameron got there. To, nice. to play the whole role and so james cameron's like of course i'm going to put you in this movie Cause lance henriksen i mean who, who doesn't love lance henriksen who, of course <laughs> he has the great role inside the next movie aliens where he plays the the robot in that movie i can't remember right. his name but that was a great role but Wait, he was in uh and also reoccurring role too right in the alien movies i think no nah, i don't think so Maybe he's in the third one. It's been a minute since I've seen it. I know. That I know. I we feel should, like he was, but yeah. There's a whole controversy with Alien 3 and how that was handled, which again, that's oh, another I know. directorial debut by one of the greats. And so, okay, going back to uh, Terminator real quick. Right. Let's see what else we got here. Stan Winston oh. did the design for the Terminator for this movie. That's pretty legit. Stan Winston is like, he's a legend in special effects. 
Have you we're, ever heard of Stan Winston? Uh, I am Stan, I'm drawing Winston. a total, drawing a total <laughs> blank right now. Jeremy, tell me. Some, oh my some gosh! Of the great, the great works of okay. Stan Winston. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Well, while you do that, I found out that uh, I guess they really wanted O.J. Simpson to play the Terminator. Like he was a front runner before they got Arnold. What? And then yeah, and then they were like, well, I don't know, it might tarnish his his kind of good guy image that he has. Which is kind of ironic. <laughs> that's so we bad. We all know how that went down. Oh yeah, that's horrible. They turned him down because they thought he was he wouldn't be able to like portray well, the idea of a murderer or something. Well, they just didn't want to you know typecast him because he was such a good, likable guy, and he always oh had gosh. kind of positive roles and whatnot. We don't want to tarnish his his reputation, <laughs> which oh he gosh. did very well on his own. Yeah, yes, he did absolutely. Um, so let's see right here we've got stan winston yeah best known for his work in terminator series jurassic park aliens predator oh, yeah You're iron right. man edward scissorhands like the dude's freaking legend and he uh passed away in 2008 so but yeah big legend there uh let's see what else we got here we got um oh yeah also too um Linda Hamilton actually there's there's some conflicting reports about this. I'm not sure if it sprained or broke her ankle like right before this movie started. So she was in pain like the entire time. They had to wait till the very end of the filming schedule to actually shoot the scenes where she's running because she was in pain. Oh wow. So that's pretty pretty intense. I yeah, I thought that uh, she, I thought she did a good job in this movie. And oh okay. So I got to say the writing credit to James Cameron is pretty awesome because in this movie she's like normal uh, young woman who's just thrown into this horrible situation and then she kind of you know she has to deal with it and then in like t2 she's like freaking hard from the oh, first yeah. scene she's like she's a, she's a boss all yeah. the way through like freaking beast and you're just oh man she's another ripley on a different level and right it's just uh, it was cool because i totally for, i forgot how different uh she was in this movie and so that was pretty awesome. I did too, actually. Yeah, I was like, oh, she's so like innocent and, you know, having a good time. <laughs> right. And, I mean, and you, she's so likable. I love the scene, too, when you show her having a bad day as the, as the waitress in the beginning. She's mm-hmm. pre- she you know, brings the stuff out. And then randomly, the little kid just like puts the ice cream scoop <laughs> in, oh, yeah. in her apron. And then she just right. gives him this look of like, are you serious? Right. Like, I was like, oh, man, that's going in my notes. That's so funny. Right. Oh, I love the the foreshadowing when the Terminator first rolls up to the first Sarah Connor house and there's that little toy truck and he rolls over the toy truck and then yeah. at the end of the movie he gets run over by that exact same looking truck. Right. That was pretty awesome. That was very... Well, and speaking of uh, the violence, I thought there was a lot of off-screen violence for like, I don't yeah. know, almost... It felt like almost the first half of the movie. Yeah. You're absolutely uh, right. I actually, and then it finally blows. I think at the nightclub is when it finally kicks off. But, um, well, even then, and then, even in the the police station when he's blowing away people, like you don't see ever. I mean, you see a lot of people get shot in that scene, but, um, but definitely not like. It's not as okay. So like the second movie, and from then on, like they get pretty graphic, but not like horror graphic or whatever but they don't sure. shy away from from people getting shot and stuff right i wouldn't it's say these classic movies, violence and yeah i wouldn't say this exactly i wouldn't say these movies are gory um which if this movie was was gory that would make it more of a horror vibe but sure. i actually well, like was that no go ahead 
the but that horror vibe is definitely there just because like that whole Michael Myers thing where he's just relentlessly pursuing. Yes. You know, he can't be stopped and it's just like, how are we gonna get away from this guy? So that you know, creeping death. Well it's not even creeping, he's coming. Oh yeah. Full tilt, but uh yeah, strong horror vibe. I okay, so I thought the Terminator was gonna be a lot more wooden, but the fact that like he can manipulate people and how how he talks and stuff like i thought i was surprised at that because i thought he was going to be like straight up like super robotic but then watching t2 i was like okay he's he's not as robotic and then watching this one just watching the series backwards um i was like oh okay so he's pretty good but this movie though has all of the classic terminator parts that's in every other movie though this sets up the bar 100 percent I mean, you've got time travel, which they don't show the time travel in this movie. I was I'm surprised at that. I thought they were going to have yeah. the sphere like show up, you know? But, but I think that that kind of goes with the special effects where he, I really feel like James Cameron did a really great job of not overdoing it, not overselling it. Um, yeah. Trying to keep it as believable as possible. Uh, and you don't even really see special effects until what I say about 37 minutes into the movie when you get the cyborg vision and then you start to really realize what kind of a machine he is. And then when he first, I think the first real, um, special effects part is when his eyes all messed up. Oh yeah. In in the hotel room and he's, he's cleaning it up and, um, you're just like, that's totally just a a head. Right. With some little, you know, robot eyes in there that, you know, the close up, close up shot of it, you know, it's, it's not even Arnold right i loved it i thought it it was was, so cool yeah yeah. it was great instead of you know there's only one part i think later when he's when all of his skin's blown off and it looks like stop motion right and just the metal machine is is walking and then it's it's a little clanky but it's again it's such a short part you don't really think about it it's not that big a deal well i always enjoy it so here's the difference like for i'm going to go to the phantasm series for example like the older movies they have budget restrictions and so some of the special effects are cheesy and then you have the newest uh, phantasm movie which came out in 2016 and all the special effects are cg and i freaking hate it i i can't stand right. cheesy cg but like cheesy uh, stop motion or like actual practical effects i love it so yeah this didn't great. this didn't take me out of the movie versus no um if they had done cheesy C- cg which is why uh yeah that just takes me out of the movie i can't watch it I've got. Uh, uh, I thought there was a lot of car chases in this movie. I was surprised. Oh, that's what I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was uh, that was also in my notes. I overlooked it, but yeah, there's some great, great car chases with yeah. like different different vehicles too. It's not some movies have like a really memorable car chase scene, and it might be really extensive, but it's just two cars. But this one, uh, you know, there's a cop car, there's a truck, there's you know, yeah, I don't know, some kind of sedan, the motorcycle. I mean, the motorcycle is iconic for the Terminator right um you got that big old tanker truck in it i mean it's there's a lot a lot more chase scenes in this movie than i you know i always forget that that's such a big part of it right Though in the in the video game that was always a big part where um you know you're driving the on the motorcycle and i guess it was the t2 game mm-hmm. and you're all you're shooting off the back of the motorcycle as you're weaving through you know traffic or whatever oh that's awesome now i liked uh so bringing it back to the beginning part i also liked how if you've never seen this movie before, you don't know for sure who's the bad guy and who's the good guy at first. Because Michael Bean, when he shows up, you know, he steals the pants from the homeless guy. 
Right. And which makes me think like, okay, so he was going commando like the whole movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but free balling all yeah, the way. Going commando, but he had those sweet kicks the whole time, which yeah. I just uh, that cracked me up. I was just like, yeah, you're wearing hobo jeans and nikes <laughs> and nike i know some actually some pretty nice nikes for the time though hey arnold wearing those uh those punk rocker boots oh dude that was, that was pretty dope that's what i'm talking about hey and you know what arnold man that dude that dude's a specimen i mean especially back in the day i mean actually for an old man that dude's still pretty oh jacked. yeah he's only like um, what five foot ten five foot eight something like that he's not yeah, a tall I guy i think he's six foot on a good day you know if you know what i mean <laughs> but uh <laughs> like yeah no he in this movie he is jacked like he just yeah. uh, i think he's only a couple like a year or two away from when he was mr universe right oh dude but i i think my favorite time period of seeing arnold is like the the 90s like for me like right then it's like the perfect arnold like the way he looks because like in this movie he still looks pretty young his accent is super thick he hasn't quite right. lost uh, some of it but yeah, very charismatic in the fact that he just, he's a scary image in this. And that's all he needed to be in this movie, yes. which is funny that he became so iconic for this role. Because right. even in the second movie, he's got so so much more going for him in the second movie. Right. But this movie. Well, and I, and I got to say, Arnold without eyebrows is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that. Okay. Speaking of that, this is like legit for real. Arnold had his eyebrows insured at Lloyd's of London because he feared they might not grow back properly after he shaved them for the scene oh where my he runs over a car on fire in the alley. I'm like, wow, that right there, that is movie making magic. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's pretty legendary for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude, I love the handheld cameras in this movie. They did a oh, lot yeah. of these shots were handheld cameras, so you constantly get a lot of movement. They sped up the car chases slightly to make it a little bit more intense. Yeah. And they just they did a great job and it was awesome. Yeah. Well there's a lot of like really tight up close shots too. Like when um I love the sequence when Arnold is breaking into Sarah's apartment and the roommate and her boyfriend are there. Mm-hmm. And she's dancing around listening to music and he's whooping up on the boyfriend. But there's just a lot of sh- you know, tight shots while he's kind of moving through the apartment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, killing them. But yeah, I actually cool. really liked it though. That was actually a terrifying scene where like the boyfriend's like half asleep and wakes up and there's this like dude over him and he's just, yeah, he reacts very realistically. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh crap. <laughs> you know? And then like, uh, had no chance. But right. the thing I was surprised too, though, was like the Terminator, I thought he was going to kill a lot more random people and he really doesn't. He just is like kind of going after his goal and yeah, well, he does. Well, it's very, he's very systematic. I yes. mean, if you're not, if you're not on the list or what he thinks is who he's going after, then you know, you're probably okay. Right. The only thing that didn't make sense to me is maybe they corrected this in T2 and I just didn't understand it. And uh, was in this one, Kyle Reese specifically says that he's the only person that went through the time machine or whatever and they destroyed it um, after that. So that way he's stuck in that time frame. It's just him right. and the Terminator. But then in Terminator 2, obviously they use the time machine to go back. And I don't think they really talk about that in the second movie. I think they just kind of move on. So anyways, but I, th- I liked though that they had flushed out Michael Bean's character enough that they didn't show a lot of the future war, but they gave you enough so that way especially like when the the terminator shows up and starts shooting everybody and that's when you find out the bunker yeah and that's when you find out that he had the the picture of 
Sarah Connor and that he'd kind of always looked at her um, as just kind of, kind of fell in love with, I think, not just her, but the idea of her. And so right. when he meets her, he's like overly protective of her, not just the fact that he that's his job. That's what he's supposed to right. do. It's more than a mission for him. Right. It's so personal. And I buy that. And I like, too, that the, the psychiatrist that he has is the main psychiatrist in T2 that's treating Sarah Connor. <laughs> he's just a <laughs> he's just a douchebag. Like right. from the very first scene, the first line that he has, he yawns when he's talking to her, which you can see he's so like <laughs> disconnected. He's just like right. uh, whatever. You know, like right. I'm I'm here in the middle of the night, you guys, whatever. Yeah, I'm smarter than you, so Right. Whatever. And he just does that like the whole time. And the thing that's pretty intense though which is i don't know if they did this back in the 80s they would i doubt that they would do this now though is they're watching the video of the psychiatrist talking to kyle and he starts flipping out and he's like he'll jam his hand down her throat and he's like yelling and she's standing behind the psychiatrist as they're watching the video and the psychiatrist is like oh i'll i'll, I'll turn this off i'm like dude she wouldn't even be in the room when they're no, watching i that. know i was like, thinking the same thing it's like that's some pretty poor uh police procedure procedure right there right but oh man that this this the movie though it had a lot it was fun it was a lot of fun yeah. and i, I enjoyed it yeah i just can't believe too that how um because I, when i was telling people that we were going to be um reviewing this movie there was people that are like oh you got to talk about the i need your i need your clothes your boots your your motorcycle oh, yeah. and yeah. all these different lines and i'm like Bro, those are all from the second movie. And so really when it comes down to it, it's or you know, come with me if you want to live and it's like right. all of that. The second movie. The only line in this movie is I'll be back. Right. And well, so te- technically Michael Bean actually says in the nightclub, Come with me if you want to live. If you want to live. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not what That's that not Arnold saying it. Right. And no one no one talks about that, you know, he was the one that said that first. But the only line that comes out of this movie and then sticks and gets blurred in with the second movie is I'll be back. So, um, which I mean, really, that is a high point of the movie when it is, you know, when he's <laughs> they tell him he can't he can't come in or whatever it was. And then, you know, the, I'll be back. And it was with his accent and everything. It was like the perfect storm. Oh, dude. Going into that, you know, that sequence. Um. That's crazy. I mean, that's really it, though, for the movie. And then everyone else's recollection of quotes from the Terminator in general are all from the second movie. Right. And I think the thing that this movie does great is that scene when he just wrecks the police station is to me, that's the scene where you're like, this guy cannot be stopped because he's getting shot. He's he's like he gets shot a bunch in this in that scene. But he's literally just like this monster of this yeah. character. Cause in Unstoppable. The, yeah, because in the club, like everybody's freaking out. And it, I mean, he gets hit, shot like seven times by Michael B. Who, I want to know what type of what type of bullets he was using. Because otherwise he would have right. been like collateral damage there. But right. but definitely though, the scene though, when he, when he assesses the police station, says, I'll be back. And then immediately when he comes back with the crashing in with the car, full carnage. And then that's that's what people were expecting to see when T two came out, and they delivered a hundred percent with T two, like right. like you see that immediately like over the top action sequences that are still pretty believable, and then I think that's why Rise of the Machines, it was terrible because number one the villain in that movie was a badly thought out villain. There they didn't have a lot of story in the third movie, which the second movie doesn't have a ton of story, but it has a lot of heart between Edward oh, Furlong yeah. and 
um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So much, yeah. There's so much chemistry going on that it doesn't really matter that it's. It's a simple chase movie. It's it's very exactly. Simple. That's all it is. Trying to get away from the guy, and it's it's definitely he's scary, but um, he's you know, cool, scary, cool, scary for sure. And this Terminator is just he's a bad, bad man, right? And uh, you're gonna die, <laughs> right? And I I think this movie he's scarier too because Michael Bean is a hundred percent human. He's literally a regular yeah. guy, and I think they're never gonna remake this movie. But I think that. Um, if they had remade it, they probably would have made Michael Bean a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I guess, special ops kind of or whatever. But at the same time, right. I like that he was like guerrilla warfare, down and right. dirty, just do whatever you needed to do. And uh, plus, I mean, he is—he's genuinely terrified of yes. the Terminator. I mean, he does what he's got to do, but he's got a healthy fear and respect for this machine. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think and that definitely translates to where it's like you know he's gonna do whatever he can to stop him, but he knows odds are not good. <laughs> yeah, and he's scared. Exactly, and I like that too. In this movie, they there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of small story in this, like the fact that he says like we won the battle, and that then a last ditch effort, Skynet sent the Terminator back to stop it before it started, right. and that's why I think Terminator Salvation was supposed to be awesome because you were finally gonna get the the future war of battle and the then battle, like right. that would be cool at the end of the trilogy that you would see kyle reese go back in time and like that'd be like the end of the movie or something like that it closed the time gap right. but they just didn't they have not had strong writers ever since uh, james cameron stopped writing it and so right. and it, that, it sounds like there's a, a a pretty good chance that once he's done filming the next no joke like six yeah, next four Avatar movies yeah. or whatever he's gonna do. I mean, he's doing a ton of those movies that, you know, once those are done, he'll probably. It sounds like you know he might go back and actually do another Terminator movie. But oh, he, I mean, have you heard that? That yeah, I was reading something about that. But I mean, that's gonna be that might be fifteen years away. Yeah, no, for he's, real. He's kind of old. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just think about it. He he was on a roll making a bunch of movies, and then he made Titanic in '97. And then 10 years later, he came out with Avatar. And then it's 10 years later now, and we're still waiting for the, the next couple sequels. And right. so, which, anyways, um, yeah, I know we got to wrap this episode up. We got, um, yeah, but it's just fun. I, I, I enjoy talking about the, the first Terminator movie because it is it is a sci-fi classic, 100%. Yeah. It's not a cult classic. This is a big deal. It influenced, especially T2 influenced action movies. Right. I feel like I mean, it, it kicked off a pretty s serious franchise. I mean, yeah. say what you will about, I mean, unfortunately, at this point, majority of the movies in this franchise, but people still show up. I mean, they're always hopeful that maybe this will be the good one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> maybe this will be the one we were waiting for after T2. Right. That's why I always feel bad about for Terminator fans, because it's so easy to hate on this series. But then you watch the first two ones and you can see the movie magic and why people loved it. Right. And yeah, and I remember when Terminator 3 came out, I wanted to see it so bad. And just watching it now, I was like, well, there's one good chase scene in it, but the rest of the movie's not worth it. But also, they miscast John Carter horribly. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, um, en enough about that bad dream. Right. Uh, we'll <laughs> but yeah, this this movie, I mean, my a huge takeaway for me is just it's super impressive for the budget that he had. Um, oh, for yeah. The, you know, for the movie that he pulled off. This movie definitely... I, sh I tip my cap, sir. Yeah, it shows off the genius of James Cameron that we'll see. Can, we've, we would see over the next 15 years continually just get more and more. I mean, the guy is super creative. Like, he, yeah. 
I I mean, I'm annoyed at how he was dissing the Marvel movies, saying they weren't real movies. But you know what? Um, I enjoy some of his movies a lot, and he's a really good. Uh, he's a he's a good. I wouldn't. He's not a com- complex storyteller, but he's good at telling a story that's fun to watch. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty good story building. I I would say. I mean, but not like you said, not complex, not the most. He's know. no Christopher Nolan. <laughs> well, there uh, there you go. That's a good example of someone that will blow your mind with a story. Yes, uh, but it's very he he tells an entertaining story. For yes, sure. he does. And he's he's good at picking. Well, never mind. I take it back. I was going to say he's good at picking stars, but I forgot what's his name, Sam Worthington or whatever, who was in Avatar. <laughs> and, and, uh, Where's that guy? I take it back. Wait, let's, I mean, like Leonardo DiCaprio. There we go. There we go. Sure. All right. So uh, let's roll into our a uh, final verdict. So um, okay. So was this movie a hit when it came out? Did it hit the? Yes, I think it blew it away. Yeah, for I don't, sure don't think there was a lot of faith in this movie um nobody cared about this movie and it came out and it just it was a matrix of its time it blew away expectations people were just like oh it's just some low budget movie there's so many knockoffs of the terminator series like so many right there's a lot i i just watched some some really bad uh 80s horror movie called chopping mall about oh, these killer man. robots. Have yeah. you seen that one? No, not yet. I, I've been. I've heard so much stuff about. it. I can't wait to watch it. It was super fun. But again, there's. You know, it came out in '83. So, killer robots chasing you down. Nothing new. Oh. But this this movie definitely elevated to elevated it to a really serious you know point. Right. And obviously built you know some really great things off of it. Oh yeah, and also it had a classic 1980s trope: time travel. Because in the 1980s time travel man that's where it's at you're right so yeah i would say definitely an a there and then uh how about now how does it hold up um let's see i mean uh film history wise definitely holds up it's a very like it's a pivotal point in film history i i personally really liked it i liked i loved how 80s it is it is so 80s like it is a hardcore 80s movie because versus t2 is almost kind of timeless in a weird way it's just sure. kind of it, weird it's also the quintessential 90s action movie and i feel like i i kind of feel like action movies really peaked in the 90s as far as a genre goes i mean not that there's not great action movies now but i feel like there's a lot more to them than there were as far as just pure action goes oh yeah and i think t2 that's i mean when you're thinking yeah biggest action movie in the 90s it's pro- it, probably that one yeah like straight up pure action yeah i i uh i'm trying to think of another one i know they had like the rock and con air and stuff like that right. con air always comes to mind for me because <laughs> i remember thinking that was the coolest movie i'd ever seen when i came out <laughs> that one we'll get to that one we folks. will get to that one we'll get That's, to that one yeah <laughs> that is my that favorite is. little gif to send out is nicholas cage oh. winking <laughs> <laughs> that is a sentimental turd for me man oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so okay uh, well, what do you think you think it's still still uh, relevant it's, today i mean i guess i kind of give it a i give it a b um just you know it is dated and it's awesome as a classic um for sure i probably rate it a little bit higher but just as a stand you know as it stands i give it a b and mainly just because it's still the first in this you know pretty popular or very popular franchise so right. i give it a b for relevance today yeah, I have right, to go, about, uh, have to go with enjoyment? a B as well. Personal enjoyment? Uh, personal enjoyment, I'm going to give this a B plus for me. I really enjoyed nice. it. I was, I, I literally thought I was going to crap on this series. 
and I, I enjoyed it. This is good. Maybe this is me getting older and definitely, uh, I don't know. I just, I love eighties movies and this is a sure. very eighties movie. So I, I really enjoyed it. Michael Bean, dude, I really enjoyed him in this movie a lot. So yeah, he him, is really great. For him sure. being the, the hero of this movie versus in the second movie, it's more of Arnold and Sarah Connor that are the heroes. Right. So, anyways, what about yourself? Uh, so going into this, I thought I was going to like it. I remember liking it a lot. Um, especially cause I, like I said earlier, I had seen it after I saw T2 and mm-hmm. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it. But, um, like I said also earlier, dang you, John Carpenter. <laughs> right. I, I just enjoyed his action movies and some other kind of action movies a little bit more from that time period. So I gave it a C. I, I enjoyed it, but actually I, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't enjoy it as much as I kind of thought I was gonna, but definitely I, a solid movie. I was gonna say that's very unusual. Most of the time, you enjoy movies more than me. I'm the, I'm the old cynical <laughs> person. Right. But like I said, it was it was specifically I had Carpenter in my head. It was crazy. Oh. Like I kept drawing comparisons, and it was just certain things that I, like I said, I've I've totally become you know a Carpenter disciple. So, a, a carp. Yeah. I'm what a, do you call it? I don't even know what you would call a, it. A carpen. A carpen file. No. Carp. Carp. Carpenile. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, this movie though I didn't compare it to to John Carpenter. I just thought of it as a different '80s movie, and I maybe that's sure. why I enjoyed it more. But uh, yeah, and um, like I said, I didn't mean to to do that. I just got hung up on it as I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I will agree with you if the soundtrack was stronger. Um, they didn't just have the whole like do 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 like sound for majority of the movie because like like the right. themes for the Terminator is in here but they're not as good as they are in like Terminator 2. That's where they, I feel like the soundtrack oh, really yeah. shines is in T2. And part of that's also, that's ten, almost 10 years later. So he had a good time to really revisit the idea. And uh, one last thing comparing Terminator 1 and 2 is people say that Terminator 2 is basically a remake of Terminator 1. I mean, it is a, it is a chase movie, but I think it stands alone on its uh, enough that they're, they're different enough yeah. that I enjoyed that. So um, is this a... Uh, midnight watch for you sir uh well like we've said in a couple different a couple past episodes if the movie were to come on at night and it was the right scene i would watch it is Mm -hmm. every scene every segment in this movie watchable for me at the midnight hour (laughs) uh no not for me (laughs) okay uh yeah no this movie is not a midnight watch for me but i (laughs) I really enjoyed this movie, man. I did not think <laughs> I did not think I was going to enjoy it as much as I as I thought. So uh, that's dude. awesome. Yeah. Well, um, as you guys might have noticed on the last episode, we we decided to cut out the movie quotes for the the next one for right now. And um, if we're going to try this out and just kind of keep dropping new stuff every week and changing it up and seeing how things go, what we lo- what you guys like, what you don't like, and what what we or, like, what or we what don't we like. like exactly. What yeah. we don't like exactly i mean uh yeah so we'll see uh well you'll see some changes over time we're constantly evolving getting hopefully getting better <laughs> right <laughs> we'll and see. if you absolutely are missing the quotes and whatnot please please let us know uh we yeah uh, we, we will succumb to popular demand for certain things oh yeah we'll sell out in a hot minute oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah we have we have no mor- morals or virtues about this <laughs> you throw enough money at us we'll do anything we'll do anything (laughs) almost anything (laughs) they're gonna backtrack on that one a little bit oh yeah no okay just just kidding just kidding guys all right um so that wraps up today's episode if you want to check out this movie 
I okay, so I watched this on Amazon Prime. Did you watch this on Amazon Prime? Uh, yes, I did. And unfortunately, I think it it's not on there anymore. I think we caught it like the last week it was on. No, no, that was uh, it's still on there. It was on not Stars. It was on shoot. What's the other program? Hulu. No, Showtime. It was on Showtime one and two, and then they both they both uh, dropped off on August thirty first. But it's still on Amazon Prime. How is oh, that? Oh, good. How, how how do I know that? Because I watched the movie today. Awesome. <laughs> I got up early. I got up at six in the morning to watch this movie before I went to work. <laughs> That's how committed I am to this podcast. Dedication, folks. Dedication. And, and the fact that I we had moved over the last week, and so things have been crazy in a good way. But anyways, uh, special thanks to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you shared this with your friends or anyone that you think that would like this. That's correct. And uh, please subscribe if you haven't already on uh, iTunes. We'd love a a five-star rating. would be fantastic. Or a four. We even take start. We take a one star. Okay, no, actually, no. Well, at that point, (laughs) keep your opinions to yourself. (laughs) One plus four stars. (laughs) No, but yeah, please check us out on any uh, any place you like to get your podcast. We're on, I would say, most of them, a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to contact us, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, We're trying to get our YouTube channel going. And uh, also, you can email us at the Midnight Watch Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. We are up on Amazon and Audible now, and we just love talking movies. So hit us up, and we'll get the dialogue going. So thanks, guys. You have an awesome week, and as always, keep up the watch. Keep up the watch.